All right, well, welcome everyone. Thank you all for coming on this day and here to support the Aaron's family. And for those who don't know me, I am a Pastor Phil Layton. I've had the privilege of serving here at the, at the church here, being a pastor to, to Jerry and Ann these last two or three years. And uh, But I know many of you are family, friends, uh, and uh, we're just so glad you're here. I know the family is, is uh, thankful for your support here. And uh, 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 Pastor Mark there in the back is uh, going to be leading us here in music in a little bit. Uh, he's one of our pastor elders here at the church. And, uh, but uh, we just want to begin with a word of prayer, asking the Lord to bless this service, if you would bow with me. Our gracious God, we thank you for the blessing of family. And even as I look out there and see... Uh, Pastor Mike, who's been part of a fellowship of pastors that I've been a part of, and even as uh, Pastor Mark here at the church uh, has served with some of the other people in this room and in the law enforcement family, and and we thank you for those who are here, who are uh, family, who are related to the Aaron's, but also those who are part of the family of Christ, and uh, we thank you that we can gather here as a family and that we can support uh, Jerry. Uh, friend, uh, father, grandfather, a uh, 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 church, faithful church member, him and Anne, for so many years. And, uh, and Lord, we want to remember her well, and, and we want to remember the truths that were important to her about you. And so we just ask, Lord, that you would bless this time, this uh, service that will be short and sweet and, and simple, and yet there are profound Realities here. There is profound loss, but there is also a, a deep uh, hope and and trust that we have who who trust in Christ, knowing that Anne is in a place where there is no more sorrow, no more pain, no loss, only gain in Christ. And and yet there is loss for us who are here. So we pray, Lord, that we would honor the memory of a sister in Christ, family member. And that we would also honor the Christ who she loves so much. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. We're going to have a time of, of sharing from the, the family. But we wanted to ask uh, Pastor Mike if you would come on up first. Uh, this, is, this is just going to be a, a time of sharing memories. And uh, it's not going to be a completely open to everyone. Just a few people who wanted to share for the family. And, uh, but I encourage you, as you think of memories you'd like to share, we're going to have a fellowship time a little bit later where you can share as well. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Phil. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Jerry, I wanted to say thank you for inviting me to share with you this afternoon. I am privileged, I call it a privilege, to have known Anne for over 45 years of my life. I looked at Anne as a mom, a second mom. And the reason for that was because up until my junior year in high school, her son Trent was one of my best friends. And uh, when he passed away in our junior year of school, prior to that, we spent a lot of time at church, youth events, different events. I went to school with Trent. And, of course, spent a lot of time in her home. And she treated me like a son. And what's interesting, knowing her for that period of time as I grew older, and we all did, she not only continued to treat me as a son, but she continued to treat me as a friend. 
It was very special to me. And over the years, I grew up, I became her pastor and your pastor. And I want you to know, and I want everybody to know, I consider that to be one of the highest privileges of my life, is to be a pastor, to pastor people like you. I grew to love you guys dearly, and I love to hear and to see both of you speak as often as we did. Growing up and having Anne in our church was a delight. You used the word earlier, Phil. She was faithful. And that was a huge word of Anne. She was faithful in every way. Faithful to service, faithful to her testimony, faithful to her family, but faithful to God. And I always admired that about her. I always admired the things that she would bring up from Scripture. She loved the Word of God, and she would always share wonderful passages of Scripture. And one I marvel at today was a word that the Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth. And he made this declaration to those in Christ. He said that we can be comforted because to be absent in body is to be present with the Lord. And what was unique about that statement is in that conversation, he likened our bodies to a tent. And then he made this statement. He said, while we're still in this tent, we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. And I thought a lot about that. Because over the last numerous years, I've considered myself, my tent is decaying. And I have a lot to groan about. And we all do. As we grow older, we experience more pain and more weakness. And comes with that different diseases. Comes with that different types of circumstances that we find ourselves in. And one of them can be memory loss. And of course, we grieve within regarding that. But there was something unique about Anne that I wanted to speak of this day. Because I find myself groaning and moaning and complaining quite often about my physical condition and my circumstances. But you know something about Anne? I never once heard her groan, moan, or complain. Never. And I began to look at the scripture that Paul was talking about when he talks about groaning in the tent. He also went on to say this, for we are always of good cheer. Anne was always in good cheer. But there's a reason that Paul said that. He said because to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. And he went on to say, he who prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us his spirit as a guarantee. Anne had his spirit. And she was guaranteed to be absent in this body to be present with the Lord. And she longed for that day. And those who knew her knew today and know today that we can be confident of one thing. Today, Anne is present with the Lord. I picture that. And I picture what that reunion looked like. Because I marvel at the idea that her son, same age as I am, the minute she was absent in this body... She was not only present with her Lord, she was present with her son, with her former husband, who also passed two years after Trent. Many people that Cindy alluded to that grew up in the church that I grew up in that have gone on to be with the Lord. What a reunion. Four years ago, my own father went to be with the Lord and is now greeting Anne because he and Anne were dear friends. My mom sends her love to you today. 
But I want you to all be understanding. I looked at Anne as this. She was one of God's gentle giants. She was not a huge woman by any stretch of the word. Small and frail. But yet, when she spoke, she spoke kindly and caring. She was full of compassion. She was always full of grace and elegance. And when she spoke, even with her draw that she always had, she spoke gently and softly. But when it came to teaching God's word, she spoke with wisdom, passion, and authority. Anybody who knew Anne or ever sat under her ministry when she taught always looked up to her. Even as her pastor, I looked up to Anne Aaron's. Today, I am absolutely confident that Anne's passing leaves in our hearts a void. It leaves an empty chair in the church. But today, we can all rejoice, as that scripture says, because she is with the Lord. And we rejoice in that, Jerry. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Whoever's ready to share, come on up. I am reading uh, on behalf of Bill and um, brother sent a, a letter couldn't be here today so I'm reading the letter on behalf on behalf of him and leaves us with the kiss of memories her kindness, easy laughter, and radiant smile were all the more real, given the heartbreak of life that gave strength to her faith. She never lost her lovely southern accent, her Texas credentials seamlessly magnifying her beauty and grace, her given name, and appropriately so. It enveloped the essence of her being, her sentiment, sentient grace. Anne's life was forged in love, in trials, in loss, in forgiveness, and a contemplative sensibility masking a steel resolve. She knew who she was. I knew her from afar. Our age difference formed a natural distance, as well as a bridge, the former allowing independence, the latter a connectiveness from and to each other, neither, neither ever shutting out or observing, obscuring our love. Sorry. And now Anne reside in the folds of memories, a lasting and loving memory, which I will always hold in my heart. Your presence can only make heaven a better place for all. I'll see you in the stars at night where tomorrow is forever. My tears are both loss and happiness, knowing your soul is forever bound to goodness and peace. Your brother, Bill. <clears throat> um, I'm going to say I'm Anne's daughter because... She was the mom I needed, and she didn't have a girl of her own. Um, I feel like she's the reason I survived my mom. <laughs> they were great friends, and my mom was very loving, but Anne was the rock that reminded me that I was responsible for myself. I could only change me. And that I had to reflect Christ's love regardless 
of what was thrown at me. And I didn't know when I was a teenager that that would prepare me for the rest of my life. Um, You all talk about how she never said anything unkind. Well, you weren't there when she was raising me. I must have been a lot. (laughs) Because she would pull me up by the back, little back hairs and be like, that is not how you behave. Um, And I loved her for it because I knew it in my heart, but no one else had. I don't know. I guess I just didn't give anybody else the weight to be able to speak to my life and my heart the way she did. Um, And the faith that I have is because she let me ask questions that she didn't have the answer for, and it was okay. And it was okay to have questions and not have an answer because that's what faith was. And I was just raised, you just don't ask. And so I feel like I wouldn't be where I'm at today without her. Um, Anyway, I have, she left me, when she moved back down here, she left me her um, hope chest. And she's like, oh, there's just some stuff from my childhood in there. Well, it turned out it was a treasure chest, not a hope chest, of all kinds of memories from her life as in Texas, hold on. <laughs> this is when you're really prepared. Really? <laughs> Thank you. So she told me lots of stories of when she lived in Texas and she would stop by her uncle's um, pharmacy in uh, drugstore and soda fountain and pick up her favorite Dr. Pepper and then she would go across the street and pay her five cents and go in and sit in the afternoon and watch movies and um, I just loved that image of this very independent and especially when you see those pictures you know I could just see her walking down the street in Texas and being carefree and so in there I found a letter to her from this uncle And I just thought it summed up so much. He sent it to her when she was 17, and I thought it just was so prophetic because it's who she became. And I don't know that it was because of this letter, but it was just, I don't know, kind of full circle. says, to Anne Payne on being crowned Queen of the Jobies, because she was the Job's daughter, November 29th, 1958, Ventura, California. To be chosen queen is an honor indeed. You have certainly more than won it. All your love and kindness helped, and now you've gone and done it. Count this another step upon the ladder of life, and don't give up the fight, my dear, no matter what the strain and strife. As you climb each step all through this life, you pass this way but once you know. You get your start while you are young. The future seems to crowd you so. So don't look back, but keep on climbing until you reach the very top where the world must look to find you. And with, the, with this thought, I'd better stop. Uncle Doc. 
And I just thought her life was full of strain and strife, but she was full of kindness and love and grace. And she gave me that even when it looked like she was correcting me. And oddly, those were the times where I felt like she loved me the most. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I hope you paid attention to those words of grace, that how precious that grace appeared. Thinking of Anne, the hour that she first believed, which I understand was in her teen years, where God's grace relieved her fears. God's grace, when we speak of his grace, is his undeserved and unmerited kindness toward us who are sinners who deserve the opposite. It's not anything we can pay for or earn by being a good person, but it's a, a grace that changes us to be good people, which is what we knew of Anne by God's grace. And as I looked at the third stanza, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. It's grace that's brought her safe thus far, and it's God's grace that brought her through all that, and God's grace that led her home where she is now singing God's praises in a place that's bright, shining as the sun. And that's an amazing thought to think about. This very moment, she is with the Lord that she loved, where she wanted to be. And she wrote in her membership application as she joined our church, Jesus Christ is my Savior and friend. He is my constant companion. God has promised me, she wrote in his word, and I am sure I will go to heaven when my life on earth is over. I didn't get to know Anne's life on earth as much as many of you did, but what I saw in her was someone who loved the Lord and longed to be with the Lord. And so what I'm going to share today, I've been asked to share a few words, but actually I'm going to be sharing Anne's words here today. And the reason I'm going to do that is because she's got a lot of her words written in God's word. There's a lot of promises that she marked as precious and uh, we'd be here for hours if I even just read all the things that she wrote in here. But I want to read some of them to you. I was looking at her Bible at the house, and, and I, I don't think I've ever seen a Bible that's been more marked up than Anne's. I mean, she even marked up things in the before and after the, the, the table of contents. She had things highlighted. She had things in her study Bible, the character of genuine saving faith. She highlighted that. In the doctrinal section in the back, there were sections that she had highlighted. But most important is the words from God's Word. And one that stood out to me as I looked at it was 2 Corinthians 1, where she says, she wrote this in the margin, God is sovereign. We live the exact number of days that God intended. She understood that, that God is in control, that our lives, the very days, the very number of days that were for her, Whereas God intended, and even as I had the opportunity to, to visit her in some of these last months, uh, it was her desire to, to go home, wasn't it? She said that numerous times, but she, she knew that as long as she was here, she wanted to continue to, to make her life counted. This is what she wrote also in the beginning of Philippians. Everything in my life revolves around Christ. He is the meaning of my existence. He is the grid through which I view all my circumstances. He is the one to whom I take all things. 
He is the one against whom I measure all other desires. He is the one I long for as the deer pants for water. His words, well done, are what I would die for. And so whatever happens, it doesn't matter if I live or die. Philippians 1, 21, to live is Christ. As long as she lived, she knew it was about Christ. But to die is gain. And we can know that she heard those words from our Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. There's a section in another passage where she just had this blank spot in the page and she just wrote a whole bunch of things in there. Remember, God will control the time and intensity of our trials. Remember, she says, my trials always have purpose. Remember that God is working in our trials towards a specific need in our life. She says, I need to remember God will be good for me if I respond in faith. God strengthens my faith and grows me up in Christ. Trials are an opportunity to demonstrate perseverance under pressure. Trials develop Christ-likeness in me and transforms me. God is working in these trials to help me measure my spiritual maturity. And God will walk with me through my trial. And many of you I know walked through her with trials. And she says this, and this struck me with what Pastor Mike said. If I complain, he just keeps the pressure on until I change because he loves me. So we're not talking about a perfect person here. We're talking about someone who God's perfect grace was at work in their life. And she said, I will overcome this trial by God's grace and in his strength. And she, she wrote a number of things. Um, in fact, at the end of Revelation, if, if you have a chance, look at the last two chapters of the Bible. Just go to the very end. On the second to the last page, she wrote at the top in big, bold letters, Don't miss this. <laughs> it's where it's talking about heaven. The, the reality of what heaven is like, where it says, God dwells among his people. They shall be his people. God himself will be among them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, mourning crying, or pain, for the first things have passed away. And then all over that page, she's got it highlighted. And then Revelation 22, at the top of the page, don't miss this, exclamation mark. And all kinds of highlights, but it's talking about the, the place, God's eternal presence, and how the Spirit and the Bride say, come. And it says, whoever's thirsty, let him come, take the water of life without cost. In other words, this, this eternal life is not something we can pay for. It's something that's a, a gift of grace alone. And as I, I noticed, there were virtually every page had highlights on it, but some verses had stars, and then some verses had two stars, and there must have been a system. Three stars, and I'm just going to highlight a couple with five stars. Okay, these were five-star verses. It was her Bible Yelp reviews. Was that what it was? <laughs> and yellow as well. <laughs> Psalm 19:14, and, and think of this as, a, as something that we uh, should follow in her footsteps. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. 
my Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. If you want to honor the legacy of, of Anne, let that verse that was one of the most important to her be, be a, a verse that we pursue after. Let, let what I say and what I think be pleasing to you, my Lord, my rock, my redeemer. That's Psalm 19, verse 14. And then the one that Jerry wanted me to mention today and that was highlighted, and actually there's two different Bibles I looked at. Both of them were heavily highlighted, and this one had five stars as well. It's Romans 8, verse 28. These words are familiar to, I know, a number of you here. And it says this, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. And then she highlighted this and underlined it as well. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? That's all things we need for life. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. Here's a three-star verse. So this is good. Not quite as good as verse 28. But (laughs) no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us so. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And here's what she wrote, just to give you an example in the margin here. Lord, use my will, my intellect, my affections. Teach me to be an effective intercessor, someone who prays for others. And I can tell you, even just in the brief time that I knew Anne here, I knew she was one of those that was praying, interceding regularly for us don't underestimate the power of praying for people. Even as she regretted she couldn't do as much as she could in the past, she was doing much for you in this room and for her church. And she says, if I make myself available to him, he will work every circumstance to his good purpose. She says, good is, is, is largely our attitude. And so I wanted to just... Again, I could, there's a lot I could read. I want to just read a little bit from Romans, just some of the things she, she wrote. In Romans 3, where it talks about we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, she, she has a little note here. Sin is, is missing the mark. That's God's standard, falling short of it. And she says, My faith rests not upon what I am or shall be or feel or know, but in who Christ is, in what he has done and is now doing for me. That's a very great statement there. My, my faith isn't based on what I am or shall be. It's not about what I feel or even just what I know. It's all about who Christ is, what he has done, and is doing for me. And then Romans 5, she wrote this God's gift about this whole section here. And then how God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And she also wrote there, God chooses what we go through, but we can also, by His grace, choose how we go through it. 
And I think we, we saw that in her life as well. God chose the path of what she would go through, but she also, by his grace, was able to, to choose how she would go through it. And then in Romans 6, she wrote these words, Death is not the end. Exclamation mark. <laughs> Death is not the end. Listen to this from Anne. Death for the sinner is a continuation of a parent of a person's state. It's either eternal separation from God if they die in that state, or death for the believer is the edge of eternity, continued life. So as Pastor Mike said earlier, to be for a believer to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's a continuation of eternal life. Eternal life is given in this life. It continues beyond this life. And she, she wrote a lot about that. In fact, we're going to leave this Bible over on the table. You can take a look at it later. But Romans 10 also she was a verse she marked. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. And she wrote a little bit, or highlighted a little bit below that. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so those who bring good news. This is one of the beautiful things about her. The good news, the grace of God. Was what she lived for and lived by. And that grace says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. In other words... He died for your sins and that God rose him from the dead. If you're trusting in what he did for you, not what you can do to earn eternal life, you can be saved as well. And then she highlighted, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. That's the hope of, of believers. And I want to just close with what she wrote in the, the beginning of the Bible. So just, just so you can see what I'm talking about. This is just an opening pages here. Oops. Make sure we don't lose any of this. This is a precious treasure along with that treasure chest that was mentioned. Um, here's what she wrote. Since This is the very first one. Since God is loving enough to desire only good for me, wise enough to plan what is best, powerful enough to accomplish what his love and goodness have planned, how can I lack any good thing? Lord, remind me that nothing is going to happen today that you and I can't handle together. Faith is not an insurance policy. It doesn't prevent accidents, but rather it gives a secure base from which to face their consequences. Here's another one. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He came for us who are spiritually dead to give us a new life. And then this one struck me here. What am I doing with the dash between the dates? That's a good question. If you've ever walked around a cemetery, you've seen the names. And what they all, they all have different words, but what they all have in common is a number and then a dash. And then another number, which is their life. And that's, that's a good question she leaves us with. What am I doing with that dash? Life is short. Life is a vapor. Are we living for the Lord, loving the Lord? She says, I have an inner security, a deep, settled peace, for I am not my own. 
I am God's. And I know that God's will will be done in my life. I know my life is going according to a divine pattern. It has an ultimate goal, and that goal will be reached in God's way and in God's time. I have no cause for worry or fear. And then she says, if we profess to be Christians, we have an obligation to be Christ-like, constantly asking ourselves, what would Jesus do in this or that situation? Lest we cause someone to miss heaven because we were the only Bible they ever read. And I'll just close with this last one here. I don't know if someone else wrote this poem. It's the poem of the, where did that go? The Potter. Are you familiar with this one? I don't, anyways, it's, it's a poem about the potter. The potter worked at his task with patience, love, and skill. A vessel marred and broken, he altered again to his will. It was blackened, bent, and old, but with traces of beauty left. So he worked, the picture here is God is a potter working. This mender of pottery to restore the charm bereft, till at last it stood transformed And he viewed it with tender eyes. Think of the transformation now, fully in in heaven. The work of his hands and love, this potter, patient and wise. She writes, I know a mender of broken hearts and of lives that are all undone. He takes them all as they come to him and he loves them, every one, with patience, love and skill that surpasses the knowledge of men. This master potter gathers the lost and restores them to his image again. O lover of people with broken lives, O wonderful potter divine, I bring my soul for your healing touch. In me, let your beauty shine. And I can't close with any more beautiful words or any more beautiful image than those words. And those are the words of the Lord calling the beautiful Savior, calling people to come to Him. To come and to trust in Him and to give their lives for Him and then to live their lives for Him. And I have confidence that's the message that our dear, beloved Anne wanted to leave with you. And there's actually a lot more as well. But uh, I want to just pray. But I want to say as I do that, um, myself, Pastor Mike, Pastor Mark, uh, we'll have a time of fellowship. would love to interact with you more about these things of the Lord. But uh, let, me, let me pray and then we're going to sing one more song together. Our gracious God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for that word grace, that undeserved kindness, favor, that, that what Anne or Anna means is grace. And we thank you for these words of grace, these eloquent words, Lord, better than most words I've ever preached, these words that I've read from this warrior in the faith, this prayer warrior and this sister in Christ and mentor and servant, led Bible studies for many years, served in women's ministries and, and encouraged and impacted many. Lord, I just pray that you would cause some of the things that she has shared to us, even through her Bible, through your words, that, that you would be working in our lives, that we would live in a way that would reflect these very same truths. Even as she wrote in the back of the the Bible, that we're called to be mirrors, to to show your glory and love to others. And we thank you for a life well lived that's done that, but we pray that you would help us to to think about our lives and making them count as well, and making sure we're ready to meet 
the Lord as she was. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.